It's the Millennial Believer Podcast. I am your host, Stu Animal, here with my co-host as always. He's the man. He's the brand, Jay Thomas. What's going on, everybody? This episode with Vincent Ray, linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to be bringing you guys some motivational, straight-to-the-fact talks. Uh, This guy, he was undrafted, came from New York, and he's been a vet in the league going into his eighth season. And in this episode, we'll talk about the ups and downs uh, in the NFL, what it takes, and to get to the next level and how to level up. Let's get to the show. We are here with the one and only, he is a linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals from Duke University. Vincent Ray is in the building. Clap it up. He is here. Appreciate you, man. How you doing? Doing great. That's good, man. That's good. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's, good to, it's good to have you here, man. It's definitely good to have you here. Um, you're also from New York, right? Yep. New York. Yeah. And so um, when you first got here, what was, what, what, what was your first impression of Cincinnati? What was man, it's like a... It's like a big town, you know. When I first got here, I was like, "It's like a big town." Like, mm-hmm. just felt like my like everybody knew everybody. Like, through some some way, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm from I'm from Queens, New York. It's, you know, so many people, millions of people in that one borough. So it's like, right. it's just crazy how everybody knew everybody, and people are nice, real nice out here. You know, I, I love I've grown to love Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And so being from New York. Um, what what first inspired you to go in, you know, to start going into being serious with football and all of that stuff like that? It's so like, who was it? A certain person? Was it a certain moment? Yeah. So um, I got introduced to football at six years old. You know, I have a mm-hmm. I have a wonderful father, man, um, great man. And my father my father said, like, we were walking past. You know, some guys playing like they were signing up to play football. He was coming from Bravo's, this supermarket, walking walking to the um, to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, we lived on the fifth floor at the time, right? See, where I'm from, it's a lot of buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, so lived on the fifth floor, and I remember he was saying, "You want to try out for the?" It was called the Far Rockaway Panthers. I was like, "Yeah," and ever since then, I've been playing football every year of my life. Dang, it's crazy how, you know, one initial thing, you know, what if that guy never, that person never said that, right? What if they never said, if you want to try out? It's crazy how one one moment, you know, like for, for basketball with us, if what if we never would have went to that one team or had that one coach or you just never know how things would have turned out. Try it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you never know. You, so never you, know. you went to Bayside High School. Yeah. Went to, went to Bayside High School and, uh, you know, you told me before you went prep. Uh, Mercersburg, right? Mercersburg mm-hmm. Academy. So, mm-hmm. you know, the recruiting process is different for everybody. But of course, my favorite school of all time. I think you like Duke too. Oh, that's my favorite basketball yep. team for sure. <laughs> Duke, for I'm sure. Sorry, the the Duke University. Shout out to Coach K. The goat. Yeah. The goat. Hey, so the you goat. got a chance to to get recruited by them. You got a chance to go there. But before you can go there, you had to go prep. So how was that experience? And how did that help you grow before you even step foot on campus? Hmm. Man, just a lot of my life has just been you know, marked by struggle, you know. Mm. Um, I have, you know, wonderful parents, great, uh, and that's what's really helped me so much. They really set me on a path, you know, on the way I should go, you know. They mm-hmm. they did a great job with me and my brother and my sister. But, um, but, yeah, before I can even talk about prep school, like going to high school, the thing is in New York City, most schools don't have football like that. Mm. So I was about to mention that I had yeah. so even so I traveled all the way from 
like the south, most south part of Queens, like out by the water. I grew in Far Rockaway. It's about like you grew up on a peninsula. Mm -hmm. Like I grew up three blocks away from the Atlantic Ocean, mm -hmm. like Jamaica Bay right there. So we were on a peninsula. I had to travel all the way to the other side of Queens. It took it was a two hour travel each day to school and back. You know, so I went there because it was a a pretty good school. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a good school. Um, known for having good academics, but also it was like a school that had football and it took football seriously. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go out there and play. So every, for two years, I'm talking, I walked 10 blocks to the bus stop, got on the bus, like two hour travel, two trains on the bus to school. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm leaving the house at 545 every morning to get to school for 815. So it was just my life had been marked by struggle, man. But a lot of times what I struggle is no progress, you know, so I'm so thankful for, for those things. It really instilled a lot of special things in me, like time, you know, time management, mm -hmm. discipline, and getting a scholarship to Duke, uh, which was a crazy process, a crazy thing in itself. But they told me I had to go to a prep school for a year. They didn't hear about me until like a month before signing day. Mm -hmm. So they already had they, they, um, they guys, they signed and everything. So right. I had to, you know, they put me on the back burner. I went to a prep school mm -hmm. out in Mercersburg, Pennsylvania, small town, about 2,000 people. And, um, you know, went there for a year and was able to go to Duke. And I loved, loved, loved playing at Duke University. Man. So when did you start getting recruited by Duke? And, uh, you know, what made you even want to go there? You know, being from New York, you know, the Big Apple. You had to go, you know, to the south, you know, to the coast. Like, what made you even like, all right, I'm going to go to Duke? All right, so I didn't have a Division One scholarship, you know. At first. At first. Mm -hmm. So usually the time you would start getting scholarships is sophomore, junior year. Mm -hmm. Guys start getting, like, multiple scholarships. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any scholarships until after the season, like, I got offered a scholarship by Hofstra University, one mm -hmm. AA school. But I, you know, I was hoping to you wanted have a that, chance. You yeah, know, yeah. I wanted to play at that Division One A level, uh, right? You know, you know, just to know, like, if I got like the, all right. <laughs> 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 we need some H two O, man. You good? <laughs> You're trying so hard to hold it. <laughs> okay, but, uh, but just to know, like, man, can I make it at that level? You know, mm -hmm. so I was yeah. holding out, and then um, a. One of my coaches knew a coach, you know, mm -hmm. who knew a coach who coached at Duke, and that's really what got me on there. He he saw like my highlight tape. He saw like four or five plays, right? Because you know, we really didn't have it recorded like that. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't. You didn't really, have huddle. How you got it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You know, we got it easy now. You yeah. you got websites for highlights mm -hmm. and all of that. All that you can pay services to get you out there. Yeah, um, you know different scouting websites to get you out there. Mm -hmm. But man, like literally. So a zero-star recruit, one-star recruit, literally, to Duke, to where you are now, it's just you have to start literally from somewhere. And that's just so inspiring just to, yeah. just to hear that. Because a lot, a lot of kids now, they're like, oh, I don't have that. I don't have that offer yet or oh and they get discouraged. You know what I mean? They get discouraged really quick because now, especially with social media now, with social media, you see other people like, oh, he got 100,000 followers. He's already committed to here and all of that. Mm -hmm. And some people are looking like, dang. Where's my, when is my time going to come? But So what would you say to a, a young kid or not, maybe just a high school 
athlete who doesn't have the offer they they want yet and it's not maybe that big school yet what would you say to them well i'll tell them man the, the number one thing they have to do is you know continue to listen to their coaches um that's like you know whatever sport whatever your coach is coaching you up to do telling you to do do what they say and do it over and over and over you know as mm-hmm. as as best as you can you know because <laughs> practice makes permanent you know like Whatever you do, that's apparently who you're going to be. So you want to practice excellent habits. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say do that, man. Don't be concerned about going, you know, what scholarship or where you're going to go. You know, be concerned about grinding and, um, you know, waiting on that chance mm-hmm. to go to, to a big-time school. And if you want to – if you feel like you – you want to walk on somewhere, you know, don't be afraid to do it. Don't be afraid to take that step. Right. Because you never know. Like, if you grind as hard as you can, you never know. Right. But if you're not grinding, then you know you're not going right. to. It ain't going to work out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My father used to tell me, like, but if you grind, you never know. You could be that dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad, he always told me, he would always say, son, make sure you never get outworked. And I, didn't, I never really understood the magnitude of that. Mm-hmm. But he would always say, you know, over the summers when you catch these dudes, the ones that's more athletic, the more that may have this than you. But the summer is really when you catch people. Like, there's no off season, you know, anything. Whether it's school, you may be taking summer classes in your business or on the field, on the court, you know, wherever. So you always got to put in that work. And, you know, I know they had to continue when you went to Duke. That's a prestigious university, mm-hmm. you know, really good academically. academically. And when you got there, like, how hard was that to balance, you know, the the field, the classroom, uh, how hard was that, you know, for you to balance that? And what was the experience like going to school there, like keeping up with the grades? Man, honestly, I it's gonna sound crazy, but I didn't realize how good of a school Duke was to like my my sophomore year there. Like mm. I I just I remember like all the accolades, like oh, this is a a top university. Mm. But I always heard something like that from other schools, like. Mm-hmm. Went on a, a college tour or something, and they'll say, oh, this college is top at this, or this college mm-hmm. is top at that. So I just feel like, shoot, every college is good. So mm-hmm. Duke is top at something. This school is top at something. And, and it wasn't until my sophomore year when I had, when I had a, com- a conversation with a friend, mm-hmm. they were like, nah, Duke is like one of the <laughs> top academic schools. And I, it, the schoolwork was so crazy, man. Mm-hmm. It was it was school and football, like it was two full time jobs, really. It mm. was just you just grinding, you know, yeah. you just mm. going. Right. You like a you like a zombie. You just grinding, <laughs> just do this, do that. You we got block scheduling. Mm. They like everything was blocked off. You had um what what they call AEP, which was basically study hall. We had to mm. do this, do that. We had a mentor, we had focus group teachers, we had, you know, two private one on one tutors. Mm-hmm. We had all of that, you know, just to just to help us to right. compete in the classroom because they was competing in that classroom. I'm yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, it it kind of reminds me of like the high school I went to, Warner Hills. How you know it's the top it's the top school in the state, but then also the sports are starting to go up too. You know, and so it's like Pete, the expectation is there. You know, some schools, you know. You could, if you're an athlete, it's like, oh, you know, we'll let you slide. But there's schools like that. It's like, okay, you're an athlete. That's cool and all. But, you know, we, we know for academics, too. And so that grind on both sides is there. And uh, speaking of that, just going back to what you were saying before, what we were talking about before with the grinding and the hard work and all that stuff there. 
me being a coach, a lot of times I, I have to tell my players, like, okay, look, sometimes people are born in better situations. You can't control the family you're born into. You can't control the neighborhood you're born into. A lot of times, especially as kids, you don't even control what school you go to. Mm-hmm. But one of the great equalizers is hard work. You know, hard work. So, you know, you might you might have a disadvantage, you know, as some people see it in this area. But in life, the great equalizer is always going to be hard work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you growing up, what, what was that preparation like, like that hard work? What did that actually look like coming up, preparing yourself? Because before the opportunity came for Duke, right, you had to be actually good. You know, you actually had to have the skill and the talent. So what was that process like, the preparation? You know, man, the process of preparation, you know, it wasn't just on the on the football field. You know, Mm -hmm. I really believe the process of preparation came from just, number one, obeying my authorities, Mm -hmm. you know, number one, my parents, like listening to them, um, like telling them, telling me do well in school. You know, even if you feel like you're not going to use this when you get older, just Mm -hmm. do well because we say so, you know, and. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to learn to to be under authority because you're going to be so for your whole life. You know, mm-hmm. even if you the president, you know, you there's still checks and balances like you're going to be under some type of, of authority. Mm-hmm. So that having that mindset to to listen to those older than me, you know, uh, really helped me, um, mm-hmm. you know, to. To focus and just grind, you know, everything I do, just know I got to grind, you know, mm-hmm. I got to get it. Um, nothing's really going to be handed to me. You know, where I'm from, I've, I'm from a place where, a lot, like, in, in elementary school, more more of the guys that I knew ha- had no father, you know, didn't have a father. And um, then actually did have one. I was one of the, one of those who were the few who did have a father in the household. So I did see situations, you know, that was messed up. And Mm -hmm. um, even going now on the opposite end of the spectrum, going to prep school, I seen opposite situations. I seen people who were very affluent, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, even going to Duke, I seen people who were very affluent. But like you said, the equalizer is just grinding, just, you know, just working hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's something to be said about just grinding and just just putting mm-hmm. in work. Yeah, because mm. a lot of times that's you know, I, you can tell some people are especially kids they get discouraged. You know, high school kids they get discouraged like, oh, he has it better than me. Oh, he's more privileged than me, or you know, and all of that. But you know, at the end of the day, that's one thing that you can't control. That's how hard you work. So, so yeah. Yeah, and I I do want to say like one my father. Um, Probably when I was like 12 years old mm-hmm. or maybe 11, we had started working in a food pantry. Me, my father, and my brother, um, food pantry at the church. And he was just like, like, it was supposed to be like a schedule, you know, like I, you, so just so they don't overwork you. But mm-hmm. like, he just seemed to be doing it a whole lot. And he would always say, look, he's like, son, whatever you do, you know, do to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, do to make God look good. Mm-hmm. You know, this going to make God look good. And for him, picking up those boxes, moving it, you know, setting it up, and um, for him, he's a he was a train operator twenty six years. Mm-hmm. Um, he recently retired. You know, he did that to the glory of God. So that's what that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've been doing for a while, and that's what I'm trying to do even better. And you know, everything I do, have in mind, like I'm gonna make God look good. 
with, with what I'm gonna do, you know. So mm-hmm. if I'm gonna run them sprints, I'm gonna make God look good running them sprints. You right. know, I ain't going, I ain't going, just you know what I mean. Right, I'm gonna go yeah, hard, exactly. It's either a hundred or nothing. So right. See, that's a good one. I'm gonna tell my players that when they want to slack on the suicides, hey, make God look good, man. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad, you know, very similar to your dad, you know, Stu, you know, your dad was in your life, and Mm -hmm. fathers they play a huge role. Besides, like your dad, who else were some mentors to you? Rather, you know, at Duke or you know, you just growing as a young man, who were some mentors in your life? Man. Besides my father, I mean, and my mother, you know. Or maybe some teammates um, that when you got to Duke, who was like those big brothers that took you in and gave you like some of your favorite memories? Man, um, well, no, number one, I will say I'll speak to us coaches. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've been blessed to have some awesome coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had this coach, we call him Coach D. Um, coach D in high school, he was... Um, like he would go at, he was already a great coach in his own right right but every year he would go to a clinic at Penn State University to learn from their coaches how he could get better mm-hmm. so that right there communicated something to me big time that you know even though you might be good at something you could keep getting better at it yeah and that true like I I believe that I seen it happen I seen him do it. I'm like yo this is a great coach he mm-hmm. going to get to learn more like if he need to learn more, I need to learn more, you know? So be- I believe that. Once I believed that, it was in my brain. So I was mm-hmm. automatically, I was like, yo, I need to keep learning. Right. Uh, it helped me, like, looking back, I realized that was humility. To Humility in itself to me is like to say, there's something I can learn from you. Like, I'm going to listen to you, mm-hmm. you know? So it helped me in that way. You know, I'm not the most humble person, I would say, but, I mean, I'm growing in that. Right. Um had um, Coach David Cutcliffe at Duke, um, who's a you know well-known coach. Got to play for him for two my last two years, and I stay in contact with him to this day. We text every now and then. Mm-hmm. He was an awesome coach, man. Who mm-hmm. a guy who says what he means and means what he says. Mm-hmm. And um, for a, a mentor here um, in, in Cincinnati, when I got here as a rookie, um, there's a player uh, who's an 11-year veteran. Um, his name is Dahani Jones, mm-hmm. 11-year yeah, veteran Jones. in the game, you know, yeah, so yeah, I, remember I, I actually had the benefit to, like, live with him for, for like, four months during the season, mm-hmm. you know, and he he allowed me to live with him, you know, I rented mm-hmm. out one of his rooms, so it was just so cool, man. I just caught so much more than he, he taught me, you mm-hmm. feel me? Like, I caught more meaning, like, I seen how he moved, right. I seen what he was doing, I seen him. On the start of our work week, I start of our work week is Wednesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. morning. I seen him go to the state stadium Tuesday night to get the um, game plan. You know, right. I seen how he was doing these things, and it really showed me a lot. I don't know how much I learned from him, but I know I learned something. You know, mm-hmm. um, so he, those mm-hmm. are just a few mentors, a few people that I watched. You know, mm-hmm. and you had a dynamic like career in college, like you had. 330 tackles, almost six sacks, three interceptions, three forced fumbles, and you you end up going undrafted, even with those stats. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that, how hard was it, you know, for you going undrafted and then being in camp, you know, overcoming those obstacles, doing good in OTAs, rookie mini camp, you know, the preseason, (laughs) and you went from having to travel to – 
play at a school to going to prep school, playing at Duke, having a great career, but still going drafted. So how was that process and you making that roster? Jay, I ain't gonna let you shortchange me, man. I had three three touchdowns too. Man. Oh, the touchdown! He's like, hold on, what about touchdowns? Throw that, <laughs> throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, gotta put those in there. But, <laughs> <laughs> gotta put the TDs in there. My bad, that's my fault. <laughs> yeah. Now you good? But um, but yeah, seriously, man. Um, you know, going undrafted, like I kind of had like. I kind of had a feeling I would be undrafted. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had all actually, I was looking into applying for jobs, actually. I didn't know if I, I would get a chance in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But um, thankfully, you know, right after the draft ended, um, I got a call, you know, from the Bengals. They say, you know, we want to give you a chance. We want to bring you in, sign you to um, a contract. So I was one of 90 people coming into training camp. Only issue is that they were going to keep 53. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, but thankfully this was a, a place where I kind of been before just kind of being like, like just on the outside looking in, you right. know, having to go through the back door, mm-hmm. you know, not being invited to the, to the right. front, you know, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Cause yeah. I, I still had a shot, you know, I was in mm-hmm. the building, right? you know, so man, what it, at that point, you know, I was like, look, no coach is going to have to correct me. I'm going to do all the little things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be in here early. I'm going to be at meetings early. I'm going to be taking notes, be focusing. Um, I'm going to do my job on the field. I'm going to be in good shape. Um, but still, the things that you can't control, only God can, you know. Like injuries, they can happen at any time. Yes, you could stretch. You could you foam roll, mm-hmm. you know, get rest, yeah. drink water, Gatorade. You could do all that, but like. At the same time, it could just happen. You never yeah. know. Never know. You never know. So you just go out there, like make mm-hmm. every 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 play your last. Mm-hmm. But um, it was hard, man. Um, I I had the opportunity to be on the practice squad. So what that is is you're one of eight players um, on a, a something called a practice squad, meaning you only practice. You y'all eight only practice y'all don't play in games Mm -hmm. Uh, which it was cool to practice you know and be in that in that locker room but as every day every week goes by you got that itch to want to be on the field man so eventually my time came and um a coach told me to prepare as if you're gonna play and i did that as best as i could sometimes you know i was up and down with that you know but um my time came they put Mm -hmm. like they put me on the roster gave me a chance to play and every week I've been competing for a spot, you know, mm. ever since. That was right. 2010. Mm-hmm. It's 2017. Wow. And it's the same thing, man. Every week, come to the stadium, mm-hmm. um, show why I belong, you know? Right. It's like, it, it, to me, every year, it's, it's like Toy Story, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the new Buzz Lightyear coming through the door. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. You Woody, <laughs> you got the rip in the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You got to let him know <laughs> why you relevant, man. Right. So, yeah. I was yeah. just talking to my boy about that, like, you know, uh, just like just like a job, you know, college grads come in every year that's trying to get a job, mm-hmm. and it's the same way. Even in the NFL, it is a job. Right. So you got people that's trying to get your spot. So uh, I know with you, just being undrafted. Shout out to Sean Kilpatrick because he's from New York. And he played at UC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. he has a brand. It's called Undrafted. Mm-hmm. And okay. even though you know me and Stu, we didn't even get a chance to get to really be one. <laughs> I can relate to being yeah. undrafted in life. You know what I mean? We were mm-hmm. overlooked. We were under pressure. We were right. misunderstood. So I get that. But what does it mean to you 
to be, you know, undrafted? And how did that really feel you to just a beast on that field, you know, even in your life? You know what I mean? Just to grind, just to keep mm. you humble. What does that truly mean to you? Man. Um, yeah, shouts to Sean Kilpatrick. I don't know him. I never got a chance to meet him, but I'd love mm-hmm. to meet him one day. You know, mm-hmm. looking forward to meeting um, you, Sean. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that undrafted thing, you know. Oh, it's fake. Just hit the button. All right, go ahead. Um, being being undrafted, having that um, you know, over your head, you know, you kind of feel, you kind of feel like you're on the outside looking in, man. Mm. Um, it's kind of a lonely feeling, you know, to to not get picked, you know, 250, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like people drafted and you gave your all on the field. And, you know, the, the NFL in general says you're not, you know, you weren't good enough to be drafted. It hurts, man. And, you know, even though I've been in the NFL, you know, this is my eighth year coming up. You know, I'm still fighting to make it eight years to make, mm-hmm. the, you know, stay on the team. But, like, I'll never forget that. You know, I'll never forget that feeling. And I kind of, like, kind of, you kind of get to wear it as a badge. Like, yeah, I was undrafted, man. Right. Like, I'm still here. It's some dudes that's not here no more. That got like, drafted. That got drafted, you know. Mm. And, like, at the end of the day, you know, whether they were better than you or not, like, they had more talent than you, like, at the end of the day, you're still here. Mm. And it's... You know, you had to grind for it, but like for me, I haven't I haven't missed the game yet. So like it's been it's been God's protection, I believe, like to play, I don't even know, like ninety something games in a row, We're talking NFL football. Right. Like that's 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 crazy. Like, like that's pl- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, We're talking big football, like playing against these big time teams right. every week. Yeah. Like like it's I I just gotta give all the glory to God that I'm out there, you know, mm-hmm. and I've had to do my part. I've had to meet with massage therapists weekly, mm-hmm. um, chiropractors weekly, mm-hmm. um, have a chef, you know, weekly. Right. All these things. So I had to put in money. Mm-hmm. Like and coach like I had coach, Coach Lewis says your body's like a corporation. Mm-hmm. You put in good money, you put in good stuff, good stuff gonna come out. Yeah. So I had to pay to get the I mean, pay for somebody to give me the grill instead of the fried food, you know? Mm-hmm. My, my, right. wife, my wife has to sacrifice, you know? Shout out to my wife. Mm-hmm. I love her, Noel. Mm-hmm. But um, my wife has to sacrifice, you know? She mm-hmm. want graters. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do graters, you right. know? Yeah. We're going to have to eat the apples and, and grapes. Oh, right. Right? So, <laughs> so man, it's been sacrifice, man. But, like, oh, yeah. being undrafted, man, like... It's a it's a burden, but then it becomes a mantle. Mm-hmm. Mm. And see, that's another thing too. Like when you when you're playing against another team, and that team maybe like has the hype, like they they might be ranked and known across the country. At the end of the day, because I remember when we were playing, remember we were playing uh, Huntington Prep. They were the number one team in the country. They had Andrew Wiggins, right? And so yeah, they were they was all hyped up. Everybody was there from Kentucky looking to see him play. And we were we were we were doing good too. We were like maybe like 17 in the country, 15, something like that, which is good. But you know, they're the number one team. Like they were nationally known on national television on multiple occasions. But I remember thinking, like, man, even through all that hype, at the end of the day, when it's time for the game to start, it's us versus y'all. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's me versus you or like a boxer, 
I, I like boxing because it's like it's one on one. No matter what, no matter if you Mayweather, no matter if you the number one. At the end of the day, when that bell rings, it's me versus you. It don't matter where you came from, who your agent is, what endorsement you got. It don't matter. At the end of the day, it's me versus you, and that's it. And that's it. And so when we when you're talking about being undrafted and you had to go through the back door and but you were in the building. So even those that got drafted, that's cool though. We're in the same room now. So mm-hmm. now we exactly. about to see. Exactly. Oh, you know, I hope you brought yep. your A game. Yep. Because right now it don't I'm matter. For your spot. Exactly. The only thing that matters is mm-hmm. that we're in the same room. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I got a few friends, you know, went to UC with and um some shout out to Mike Tyson, he got drafted. Mm-hmm. But some of the guys didn't get drafted. They made it to the rookie mini camp. Uh, but what would be your advice to the ones who are currently trying to make the NFL roster? You know, mm-hmm. what does it truly take to make that roster? Or just uh, what you know, what would you give them as as some mental, you know, advice that because, you can do it? See, that's and here's the thing too with that because a lot of times it's like, oh, just work hard and skills and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what about the mental side? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's that's really the majority of it. I, I've not, I know a lot of players who are really skilled and talented, but the mental side is not there. And then there's a person who's not as skilled and talented, but the mental side is there, yep. and they're always going to beat that person. Yep. So, you know, talk about the mental side, too. I think that's so mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. You know, once you the skill and the talent, that's important. You know, you can't be super confident but, but not have, have that. you got to have the mental. But you've got to have both. So talk about that, too. Man. <clears throat> so when I first, um, before I got in the NFL, um, I had a visit to the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a workout there uh, with some other guys. It was called the local workout, so it was a bunch of guys, a bunch of us working out. Um, and there was a man who came who uh, came to the podium. He was speaking to us. Uh, he worked for the Giants, um, and he told us the one thing you have to know is this: you're being evaluated before you even hit the field. Mm-hmm. So he said, the way you carry yourself. The way you interact with other players, the way you interact with your coaches, the way you shake your coach hands, you know, whether you're foam rolling, stretching when the coach asks you to do it, like when you're with the strength coaches, they evaluating all of that. Mm-hmm. So the for you to come like the competition with yourself, with others, it started way before you hit the football field. And a lot of us, you know, a lot of us don't know that. Right. A lot of the younger guys coming in, they don't know. So I try to tell them all, like, you know, carry yourself. This You're a professional now. Like in college, you know, for whatever reasons, it's called amateur, you know. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're on scholarship. Right. Here you're a professional. So carry yourself as a professional in all you do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... Um, Second thing, um, I would tell, you know, because I know some of the younger guys, some of the guys um, at UC who now on different teams, you know, some of them aren't on the team right now. But I would tell them, I tell all the guys out there, you know, fighting, you know, maybe late round draft picks or all of, you know, the masses of undrafted guys. I say, you know what? Um, It's easy to come in and show up day one and do the right, do it all right. Come, uh, come. Two minutes early to meetings, do you know? Listen, but the hard thing is to do it by day twenty-five. Mm. You know that it's hard to do something over and over and over. 
Um, I was just at Taft High School. I was speaking to some young people. I was telling them, like, it's easy. You know, we talking about respect, you know, respect for, for authority. I was telling them it's easy to be respectful to your coach, your teacher, one time, twice. It's easy to do that. But, like, as time goes, it gets harder and harder, you know, because something within us, we don't, you know, whether it's you're tired, you're just angry, you don't feel like doing it, we don't, you know, we don't have the respect for others. We don't. We don't feel like grinding, but you just gotta put you, you know, you know, put it in your brain. Put it in your brain. Say some, make some statements to your brain and say, "Look, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna listen to myself. I'm gonna talk to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell myself that I gotta, I gotta focus today. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's hard, man. It's mm-hmm. hard when you're in these meetings and listening to coach. You know? yeah. That's the biggest difference from college to NFL to me are the meetings. Mm-hmm. You're in meetings for so long, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> you're just in there and it's hard to listen, but yeah. they're not going to mm-hmm. go over it again, you know? So right. if you don't get it now, you just, that's lost forever. That's, yep. Yep. So you just got to get you some coffee or, or yeah. a Red Bull. Something to keep you up, yeah. Are hard, and you, you've been in the league for over five years, about seven years, right? Seven, yeah, this going eight, to, going eight, to eight. Up, yeah. So, you know, what was the hardest season, you know, for you, and how did you, you know, learn from it? Like me as a fan, you know, Stu's known. I did with times, and I was like, forget, forget the Bengals, because <laughs> that was like, that was like, the, it was like a relationship, man. It's like, man, I, I love her, and she just keep cheating on me, or she, you know, she don't, she don't love me back. <laughs> so, man, just like win after win, loss after loss, I was pretty much trying to throw in the towel. But Stu and some of my friends are like, no, nah, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, me watching you guys, but you being on the field, what was that season? I was like, man, this is the hardest. Whether it was a personal performance or what the team was going through, or maybe after a playoff loss, and how did you come back and you learn from that? That's a good one. That's a good one, man. <laughs> um, oh, I'm a see. I, I'm gonna give you two seasons. <clears throat> so first off, from mm-hmm. from twenty from my second to my sixth year. So that's five years, second through sixth. We were win, a winning team. You know we've. We won more games than we lost. We went to the playoffs every year, mm-hmm. you know, which only 12 out of 32 teams go to the playoffs every year. It's right. a feat to go to the playoffs, right. you know, mm-hmm. let alone five times in a row. But I'll tell you, my first year, when we didn't go to the playoffs, I was on a practice squad. Um, that was my rookie year. That was the second toughest year, you know. That was the second toughest mm-hmm. because we were 2-1, and one, right? And then 10 weeks later, we were two and eleven. Oh, we lost eleven. We lost ten, ten games straight. in a row. Mm. Like, and in the NFL, when you when you lose, like in college, when you lose, like, like it's bad. But <laughs> you you know you're gonna be on a team next week. Right? You know? Yeah. NFL. They start evaluating and start looking. You might get fired the next week. Right. Like, or, like after you had it, I've seen this multiple times. Somebody has a bad game on Sunday. On Monday, they not at the locker. Like they uh-huh. they nameplate is gone. Dang. So is that how y'all be finding out a lot of times? Like, oh, so and so is gone. You ain't make it. Yeah, that's how I would find out. I mean, now it's like Twitter, like they tell you right yeah. away. But when I first got in the NFL, like 
Man, I sound so old just saying that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, oh, Twitter, man. <laughs> Change the game. <laughs> but when I got in the NFL, you you wouldn't know till you got to the locker room. Like, mm-hmm. you see a nameplate going, like, oh, he just got released. Like, dang. And you and no, here's the worst part. You you know, gen- generally speaking, in businesses and in institutions, corporations, when something when something someone's not performing, when that business or corporation isn't performing mm-hmm. there's like a re- like everyone's looking for the reason mm-hmm. you know right so for our organization from top down they're looking for the reason mm-hmm. why we're not performing well enough yeah i being on the practice squad i was the bottom mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yeah all fingers are being pointed to me mm-hmm. you know or us on the practice squad so <laughs> weekly you would see guys being released mm-hmm. you know so yeah, you're just thinking as you're losing, and you know, performance is key in the NFL. It's mm-hmm. all based on performance. So you're losing. You're like, man, when am I gonna go? Mm-hmm. You know. So every mm-hmm. week you come in the locker room and you're just thankful to be there. And see, like I was mentioning before, we have a sports brand now under pressure, and basically saying, you know, a lot of people can perform. But when they by themselves, or when you, or if you a basketball player, you when you shoot, we've heard of practice players, mm-hmm. right? Players who are great in practice, but when the lights come on, totally different player, mm-hmm. you know. And so you talking about how you see people one by one getting cut, and in your mind you got to be like, well, shoot, you know, I know I can be next, mm-hmm. you know. And so that pressure is there. But as an athlete, how do you deal with pressure? How do you perform still under pressure? Man, for me to perform under pressure, I really have to trust that, you know, I believe, you know, that the like I believe that the God of the Bible, the God of the universe, mm-hmm. knows the end from the beginning. And I I do believe that he has my best interest in mind because I'm his child, you know, through faith. Mm-hmm. So I don't it's so hard because I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to be there at the start of the week next week? Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, But when I come into that game, I just have to rest in the fact that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. But like a child with his father, I'm just going to trust my father. Like my heavenly father is going to work things out whether I'm here or not. Like I don't know how he going right. to do it, mm-hmm. but I just got to trust that he going to do what he do. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And um, that's what I've been doing. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm here because, you know, the people who are not here, they didn't trust God. Not right. at all. Right. That's yeah. the opposite of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, you know, you we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Mm-hmm. You know, so just be thankful for today mm-hmm. and trust God for tomorrow. And but you got to fight and do your part. You know, mm-hmm. you just got to grind. Right. You know? Because life will come at you real fast. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Life's going to come at you. You got to trust the process like you always say. Well, yeah, trust Ooh, the process. Got to yeah. trust the process. That's yeah. where we go. Yeah, that's yeah. Got to trust the process, <laughs> man. That's one of my Yeah. And speaking of faith, man, like, you know, I know we both go to, to the same church. Shout out to Bethel. And, um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's been a pleasure really getting a chance to, you know, go to Bible study with you, learning from you and seeing, like, man, like, despite the money, despite the fame, you still... You know, some people, they stray away from that, and you are still a man of faith. So how critical is that for you on and off the field that you, you know, keep your faith in line? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, you, shout out to Pastor Brian, yeah, man. Shout out to Pastor Brian. Because, you know, yeah. in the NFL, <laughs> you know, we can open up and say it. You got, 
you know, you got fans and people coming at you and like you got to really be right to live mm-hmm. that type of lifestyle and you know be that man man of god be that man for for your wife you know what i mean so it's foundation kinda, so the foundation you got mm-hmm. people watching you so how critical is that that like you said everything you do is for god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man so oh, that's a good question um you know so first i gotta make sure i'm in a good community man be, like making sure i'm surrounded around the right people and uh, you know the best community for me to be around, I mean, shouts shout to good company. I'm wearing good company apparel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's that's my man D Mob. He created okay. it. So I've been saying that everywhere. That's that's definitely I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah it's, it's popping, man. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just keeping good company. And for me, my the best company I could keep is my wife. You know, mm-hmm. she's awesome. You know, just you know, just encouraging me. I'm a person that needs encouragement, man. I run on E sometimes with with encouragement. But she 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 got my back, man, and mm-hmm. um, you know it's been awesome building with her for two. You know we've been married two years. My daughter Talia, she's one. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome. You know that's been. Um, I really believe like my like through my marriage and through um, being a parent, that's been um, making me better. You know that's been making me a better um, person. You know. Number one, I think I believe it's been making me more like God, mm-hmm. you know. And number two, it's been making me just a a better person for the world in general, you know, just a more patient person. Up, mm-hmm. uh, um, shoot. Sometimes you gotta get up in that early in the morning and change a diaper, right? You know, you don't realize how much you love <laughs> sleep till you have a child, <laughs> man. But I believe it. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, I believe that the Bible is the word of God. You know, mm-hmm. I believe. You know it. I don't believe that, you know, it's been changed over time. You know, it, whenever a new, um, whenever a new translation comes out, they mm-hmm. didn't. It ain't like the telephone game where they just got what was passed down to them. No, they go to the original mm-hmm. uh, manuscripts to get the whatever they gonna write. You know, the original meaning the Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, all that. So, mm-hmm. um, I believe in the Bible, and I believe though I believe what it says. So. I need to read it, you know, mm-hmm. reading that, putting those things in my brain, you know, it helps me to speak to myself instead of just listening to myself, Right. listening to doubts, man, because, you know, mm-hmm. you will doubt yourself, mm-hmm. people will make you doubt yourself, you know, you know, people on Twitter, they'll be harsh sometimes, oh, man, yeah. mm-hmm. you mean, look, one miss jumper, one miss tackle, one miss shot, they they be like, oh, he one, can't shoot, he yeah, white, you know, like, hey, one shot, <laughs> Yep. Like oh, man, boy, get him off the court. Right. That's, that's how it's it like man, but that's yeah. just man. Yeah. But that's ugh, that, just, that's that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. That's just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that, like you said, that doubt can get there quickly. Mm-hmm. And in sports, doubt in sports, you got to make split second decisions. Mm-hmm. And if you allow doubt to, in your mind for just a split second, that plays over. Mm-hmm. That opportunity to make that tackle is over. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you hesitate to make that read, it's over. Too late now. You know, and so that doubt can be is probably one of the biggest killers of careers. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I and with Steph Curry, I always ask my players like, who do y'all think the best shooter in the NBA is? Oh, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. They say all these different things. And I'm like, what if it's John Doe, some random dude that's in the NBA, but and he can shoot just as good as Steph Curry, but when it comes time for the game. 
he doubts himself. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't take the shots he's capable of taking. It's practice players. Practice player, right? And so he may have the capability, but does he have that will? Does he have that determination? Does he have that mindset where he's able to take the shots that he's able to take? You know, and capability is great and it's definitely needed. But when the lights are on, capability is not it's not about capability, right? Mm -hmm. It's about people don't get awards. Nobody got an MVP for what they could have done. Right. People don't get awards for what they could have done or what they're capable of doing. It's only about what you actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, and so doubt, man, doubt can be the single most killer of a any career yeah, or right. starting a business or writing a book, anything. Mm-hmm. You know, doubt. That's the yeah. biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And uh speaking of the pros, man, I, I have to bring this up because I have a lot of friends that are trying to get into the pros or there's some that are already in there. And mm-hmm. I'll open up and talk about the financial part of it that you know, how do you feel, you know, Stu as well? Mm-hmm. You got these rookies coming in, right? It's rookie contract. All right, I'm about to get uh, Balenciagas, you know, Louis Vuitton. <laughs> I'm about to go and get uh, a Porsche Panamera, right, on the mm-hmm. rookie contract. And like you said, it's a job. So you don't know how long you're going to be there. How do you feel about that, the, the young people, that they, they need to understand uh, being frugal, you know, financially? Like, you're one of the most humble people I've ever met. And you, you're not out here stunting, and you don't have to be. So how important is that to be smart with your money in the league because you don't know how long you're going to be in the league? And Lonzo Ball talked about uh, you know, now with the BBB movement, big baller brand, not just being endorsers but being entrepreneurs. So just leveraging a brand for something good as well. Hmm. Man, I appreciate that, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, for, for guys incoming, you know, when it comes to money, you know, a lot of a lot of you know, there's a good amount of young guys coming in the NFL who you know like me you know didn't didn't know how to write a check mm-hmm. you know never mm-hmm. had a cre- credit card never never had any of that don't really understand how banks really work mm-hmm. you know so and then also you know have extended family members that you know kind of are str- you know who are struggling mm-hmm. who are kind of like shoot. No, maybe he could help us out. And see, so. just I actually heard this from somebody. Uh, I can't remember if it's on a TV show or whatever, but they were saying a lot of times players go broke not because they're not smart, but because they're just nice. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, they have family members or friends who are like, "Hey, yeah, you know," and they don't want them to be like, "Oh, you different now. Yeah. You changed. You know, you, you ain't trying to help." Day day from third grade, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> you know, somebody you ain't, yeah. right? And you don't want to be seen as like, "Oh, I don't want to seem like I'm stuck up." Or and so that's what they were saying. So when you said that, I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it's because they're just nice. They're too nice. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. Sometimes you don't know how to say no." You know, that's part of it, though. Yeah, and that, that's a real thing, man. I, it's even hard. I still struggle with that at times and saying mm-hmm. no, you know. Mm-hmm. You feel like this is family, you know, or these these are my guys, you know. I right. grew up with them, you know. Mm-hmm. They would do the same for me, I bet, you know. So, um, so to yeah, speak just being, to that. Staying smart, man. Staying smart yeah, with your money. To, mm-hmm. sp- to speak to that, um, Jay, I would say, um, I would introduce this that most people don't know, but you don't get paid on a 52-week basis in the NFL. Yeah, how do y'all you know, get paid? Is it by game? or Per game. So the 16 mm-hmm. games, you're getting a check for each game. So you got to make it to the games to get your checks, you know, unless you were, you know. It makes sense why the contracts aren't guaranteed money all the time. Exactly. Some um, people, but if you're a first-rounder, you may have a certain amount of millions guaranteed, you know. But if you're, you know, for me, I was undrafted. What was my signing bonus? What I had guaranteed was um, 
$3,770. So that's what I was given, you know, which was, mm-hmm. that was a lot of money to me, you know, mm-hmm. $3,700. But, right. you know, that'll go quick, you know. So that's what mm-hmm. I got in April or May. Um, and you just don't know when when it's going to end. That's the thing. So you, I would, I would just advise guys, you know, you know, it's better to wait, you know. Just wait, man. If you think you want to get something real nice, you know, the nice car, you know, this or that. Just, I would say just wait, man. You know, grind it out because, you know, if, even if you play, let's say you play 10 years, you're going to be done at 32 years old. That's a young man, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You, know I f- you know, I feel like I've been, I haven't been playing too long, but, you know, I'm going to my eighth year. I'm 29 years old. So, like, you're still young. Mm-hmm. So, you just... Know, it's, I would say it's better to wait, man. Mm-hmm. And just when it comes to family, I know it's hard, man. But you know, and in your especially your first year, your rookie year, you're gonna make the most mistakes mm-hmm. in, off the field. Well, when it financially, I think that's just what happens, you know. But you know, try your best to, you know, limit those mistakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. You know, for sharing that information, man. I feel like that was critical, especially. To my friends, I will get that information to them so people know that. Right. And one thing people don't know, fun fact, uh, this dude ran a four or five. If y'all don't understand how fast <laughs> four or five. You That's six crazy. foot, right? Six foot? Yeah. Two fifty, uh-huh. solid. And he's faster than me, faster than some receivers, running backs. So like I'm if you try to steal something from him and you trying to run away, like it's, <laughs> it's you know, over. It's over. With. It's over. <laughs> so how did you you know, I've heard forty is sometimes all about stance or you know, oh, I have credit when I came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to make sure you prepare, right? Now that's all. That would be yeah. sorry. So how did yeah. you prepare for that? And, um, you know, what's the tricks? Like, man, how, how are you so fast? Or, like, what are some speed drills that you do or something? Okay, so. Because um, I'm trying to learn. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, so I just, you know, I, I um, yeah, you got to start training. Make sure you got your start. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, honestly, it's just about running, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Keep your head down for the first couple steps. Mm-hmm. You know, all the training, all the all the training and stuff, all the 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 advice, like it really wasn't it really didn't help me. The thing mm-hmm. that helped me was just get down and just run through the line. Just mm-hmm. run 40 yards, run through the line. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's Keep what I did. Let's go. You know? <laughs> go. I gotta see the tape. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was out, man. And then also when you we had a lot of scouts there, and mm-hmm. I mean, when you have people with that guy worked for the for this team. That guy worked for that team. This is your dream. You've been thinking of this mm-hmm. for years. You like, I, right, I'm gonna run the fastest I ever ran. That was the fastest I probably ever ran in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it's running for that contract. Yeah, yeah man, you gotta, I'm, I'm telling you, that's that'll make that'll make the difference. Like you said, you did. All, I'm sure you prepared for it. I'm sure you, like you said, got all the advice. But at the end of the day, when you when it's time, it's like, all right, now what? Yeah. You know, now he was, what? He was running like that dude from Get Out. Get Out, yeah. He probably kept running past. It. We ran sixty. They like, are you done? Yep. You can come back. Ran a post route. <laughs> <laughs> oh and man. And Stu always, uh, you know, he always asks this question. Mm-hmm. You always say, "What is your?" Oh yeah. So at the end of the day, no, not at the end of the day, that's the next one. But you know, when so. All the hard work, all the preparation. What wakes you up like? All right, I'm doing it again. I'm going back at it. So what? What's your why? What's your why? Mm, that's a good question, Stu. Man, my why. Let me think about that. 
my why, man, is is this. I mean, I mentioned it already, but my why is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, like like I said, what is what does that mean? Glory. What is that? That's not a word we talk about a lot, you know, mm-hmm. just and to me that mean to make God look good, to um make him known. Mm-hmm. You know, glory is like an imprint, a mirror image, you know. So mm-hmm. like if I believe that God made every human being in his image. So we all so every human being, no matter where he or she is born, no matter where they come from, they got inter uh they got inherent wealth just in them, just because they mm-hmm. a human. Right. You know? So, you know, for me, I'm a human being, you know, I'm no no less worth than anybody else. You know, even sometimes in my head, I'll be like, you know, sometimes I'll say like, man, maybe I'm not worth as much or maybe I'm worth more. It's both a lies. Mm -hmm. So I just want to I just want to make God look good through how I treat people, through everything I do, you know, through word and deed. I want to make God look good and enjoy him. You know, how do I enjoy him? Just ultimately not delight in nothing else, not like don't delight in what a coach say about me or what a player say about me over them, over what God say about me. Mm-hmm. And God said he loved me. So I need to be more thankful that God loved me. God loves me. than like coach said, Oh, you did a great job tackling this dude mm-hmm. or the dude on Twitter say, Oh, you did a good job winning the game against Pittsburgh, which that's the team I want to beat. Right. You know? <laughs> I want you to beat them too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that's it right there, man. Like, Glorify God, man, and enjoy Mm. God forever. Mm. That's my why. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. So the last question is the very last one that we always end with. Is at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, you done played all the games you can play, you done done all you can do, what do you want people to say? Vincent Ray was. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's another another great question. Yeah, that's it, man. You got the questions, man. Like that's why I said like, that's that deep stuff. Yeah. Vincent Ray was okay. So what you saying? So basically, you saying what well, on my legacy? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm dropping that Ray Lewis on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vincent Ray. I want people to say Vinny Ray was a grinder. Mm. You know, I just put in work, man. That's just what I do. You know, I play my part. Um, you know, I, Vin, Vinny Ray was a grinder. Mm, I like that. I like that. Clap it up, man. Clap it up, Vincent Ray. We appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. And now we like to end it with Jay and his quote other day just to get people thinking so go ahead jay all right guys you've heard it you know from the great one you know benny if you if you want to perform at a high level in life if you want to play at a high level in life you have to be around people who are going faster and further than you level up mm-hmm. level up and that's jay thomas Stu and with the great vincent ray we appreciate you man appreciate it yes, thank sir. you yes sir thank y'all it's a millennial believer yes sir